0: Welcome to the Splitting Hairs podcast by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm Matt Tollefson and I'm joined by former Jackrabbit Kyle Sheehan. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. So, last week uh, we talked about Drake. And we previewed Drake a little bit and, uh, you know, what we thought and a lot of what we said came true. They were a scrappy bunch.
1: Um, Kyle, how you doing? What are your thoughts on Drake overall? Nice to get the W, first and foremost. Can never take those for granted. Can never have too many of them. So that was good to see. There were some bright spots. You know, young guys got some good action. Young guys got some and created some turnovers, Chase Norblade being one of them. Um, defense did some nice things again, showed they're, they're going to be pretty stout hopefully throughout uh, the rest of the hall here. Offense, you know, made some strides, but I think that there's some, some question marks and some things that we can highlight and things we can do better moving forward. And a lot of times, you know, with expectations that the fan base has, there's, uh, there's some things that need to be put in perspective and I'm sure we'll get to those. How about you? What'd you think of it? Well, I was
0: really happy to see Cade Johnson back out there, first and foremost. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't in the stadium for warm-ups. Uh, I, I'm kind of a late arriver from tailgating most of the time. and uh, Or not a late arriver. I'm always there by first by the kickoff. Uh, but seeing Cade walk down the tunnel, um, you know, when they're doing the, the video board and stuff, and Cade was at the front of the line, uh, I was so pumped to see him. Uh, and obviously he was okay you know it, yeah, <laughs> he, I'll say so. it you know yeah. everyone held their breath and was pretty scared uh, i i got dozens of texts uh sunday you know what's going on with kate is kate how bad is it heard kate was at kobe's and he was crying like what's going on uh and so <laughs> and so i was pretty concerned uh you know i think uh, ben and brendan one of them must be pretty close to the bench where their season tickets are at. Cause they were given updates on how Cade was doing. Uh, so just seeing Cade back out on the field and, you know, over 150 total yards of offense, two touchdowns, uh, man, it was good to see him out there.
1: Yeah. Uh, and cracking the top 10 in, in overall receiving yardage, um, for a career, which is great. He passed my buddy and former teammate, Glenn Fox. So anytime you do that in any sport, um, you know, as long as SDSU has been playing ball, that's that's incredible. I'm glad to see him healthy. And, you know, I blame Midco for zooming in on Cade's face when that happened against LIU. I was like, that doesn't look good. Uh, but, you know, kudos to the, the medical and training staff for getting him in quickly, getting. I'm sure he had some imaging done and uh, I'm glad everything checked out because he, as we saw, is a Swiss Army knife. And it's always good to have in your repertoire
0: absolutely yes and uh
1: got her in there got it in
0: there it is just (laughs) just for you ben and brennan yep (laughs) you know and and really on saturday um there were missed opportunities that we all are are aware of but we're going to try to look at some of the positive things here and uh the talent of pierre and cj was on full display i think in this game uh the speed the vision the elusiveness uh you know, the the line had a few really nice plays where they blocked things up correctly. And, you know, the offense, again, finished with 369 yards rushing, uh, which was, I think, you predicted something really close to that, right?
1: Yeah, and the text thread that we got going with uh, the B squad and, and the absolutely crew here, the splitting hair contingent, I dropped, uh, I thought the offense was going to get at least uh, 300 yards rushing the ball, and I thought the defense would corral them anywhere from 125 to 150 I think but you know we if we would have taken away Cates um, that flex tight end um, a kind of hybrid wideout, uh, he's a ball player now I think that QB was just kind of putting it in his vicinity and he was snatching it but if you take away his offensive production we pretty much did so yeah um, did keep him around that mark so excellent to see seven Wilson just showed up all around the ball he's been playing really solid this year I'm, I'm glad to see that um i knew he was a good player he's just taking another step i think that was great obviously logan backus with the pick he showed some really nice hit movement on that play because he actually opened away from that receiver and then he was able to to pivot turn back around and, and read that play and make a real nice pick so you know doing great things again and do you see what you see out of the interior line play on defense
0: yeah uh this week i thought you know i thought crockett took another step uh, he keeps every week, he keeps getting better and better. He's looking more confident. Uh, I thought Xavier Ward and had a yeah. huge game and it, and, and it showed up, um, you know, he won the defensive player of the week award. So um, not really just, you know, jumping off of that, but uh, Xavier was a wrecker this week on the interior, um, really forcing this guy uh, into the backfield. A lot of times uh, he was right in the quarterback's face on a number of his throws. I don't think he got a sack or he may have gotten half a sack again this week. Um, him and Earth shared one again, I believe, uh, Caleb Sanders stacker, you know, those guys just rotate in the four of them, um, or five of them are just playing so well. Um, even, uh, Spencer Hildall had a huge sack. He just yeah. drilled that quarterback. Yeah. And I think it was, uh, diamond was coming on the corner blitz and the running right. back slid over to pick up the corner and Hildall was one-on-one and just tossed his guy and drilled the quarterback. Uh, so that was pretty cool to see that. So
1: yeah, man, a lot of times as a D is a D line, sorry to interrupt you. But no as a D line. You might not always make the sack, but being disruptive, you make the quote unquote play. So I, I really like to see that as well.
0: Yeah. And we've talked about this week after week, but an interior defensive tackle position group that goes five deep that can just constantly rotate guys through and really not see a drop off and what they bring is just pretty phenomenal. So that's only going to be an asset as the season goes along. And, uh, you know, it, it, and injuries will come up and people get fatigued and all that stuff. Um, you know, there's uh, – who's the kid that we've talked about before uh, that, that could be playing uh, the freshman? Quentin? Oh, and the Quentin Hicks, the DNs. I mean, the DNs yep. are just another – whole other animal there. Uh, yep. you know, Quentin Hicks, it doesn't look like he's gonna redshirt, that's for sure. Um, he was in there on pretty much every third down pass rushing opportunity,
1: yeah. you know. And there, he's got so much burst off the line of scrimmage. When you get that, you, you get the offensive line gets their feet all tangled up, and, and what happens is they cut their chest moves either too far over their feet or they get on their they get on skates, is what it's called. Sure, it's just lights out. You, you know, you got them beat once you get that first two steps off the line, bam bam you can either transition pass rush into a bull, or you can get that corner dip and rip and then go make a play. But yeah. that was awesome to see, you know, a guy that we haven't talked about enough because he's just consistent. We'll call him the captain if you're good with that. I think his mom on Twitter was good with that nickname, but Ryan Harris, man, his hands yeah. are so good at the point of contact, just watching him even widen his stance as the tight end or, or the end man on the line of scrimmage when he's in a wide, seven or a nine technique just shock and rock and then quickly squeeze down take the air out of the play that it's like it's called and then make sure he adheres to his responsibility he's just super consistent big frame I think he's got a you know obviously a bright future yeah Erith. I, I mean he's even a better person and I
0: think that's one of the the coolest things about him is he's a tremendous human being uh and then he carries it over on the football field and is a tremendous player that that works really hard uh, but with that DN rotation, you know, you got Aerith, Smendo, Winkleman, uh, Cade Tervere got into the action, Tolu, uh, you totally
1: know, it's just. And, somebody, oh, man, oh, yeah, that. someone up in that game. Yeah. His receiver yeah, someone running down the sideline. Away from the play, too. It was yeah. a heck of an effort play. Yeah, so,
0: I mean, just the depth there, Quentin Hicks now, you know, so the depth at that, that DN spot, again, once we get later in the season playoffs, to be able to trot these guys in and keep these guys fresh.
1: Uh, that's huge. And we've never, we've never really had that, you know, that's, that's one of the remarkable things is we've made kind of this push to become a staple, which we absolutely are at the FCS level and even making waves among a lot of the FBS, you know, writers, when we take on the power five schools like TCU and Minnesota, like we have getting the W at Kansas, you know depth across the interior offensive and defensive lines that's really where you take that next step that's that's the national championship caliber programs Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think you know the pieces we have in place there are certainly strong enough to do that and get the job done you know we should probably kind of mention uh, you want to talk about on offense now making that transition to uh, kind of framing perspective for folks
0: yeah so you know we talked about this a little bit last week but but there's been so much discussion this week on, on the quarterback, Cannon Nelson. And uh, just overall, the the perception that the offense is kind of just kind of ho-humming, going along. And, you know, I think about it and I, I just I can't agree with that, that the offense is just kind of ho-hum. I think part of it is we've gotten so ridiculously spoiled. The last four years, getting to watch Taron Christian uh, play, and before that, Zach Center and Austin Sumner, right? And you know, just we've had a a long run here, eight years really, of of tremendous quarterback play, (laughs) and and now that we're having to back up just a little bit, you know, the first game, everyone um everyone likes to think right now that we bring Jaboria back and that all of our offensive woes are solved. Um, But we have to remember that Jabor made two huge mistakes at at Minnesota. And we have to remember he's still a freshman and we're still going to have growing pains um, that that go through him. Like we saw a lot that we liked, but we're still going to have to be patient because he is a freshman Mm. and Valley defenses are good. Um, You know, with Cannon too Uh, can't yes. Cannon's been in the system for a number of years and Sure, you know maybe we'd like to see him be a little more consistent, right? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm making some of the throws, uh, but at the same time, he's still he's your backup quarterback, and if your backup quarterback can come in and and have a stat line that he that he's had the last couple of weeks, you I mean that's okay. Like he's not he's not losing the games, he's managing the games for us. I mean, we just beat a team thirty eight to
1: ten, and you know. <laughs> it, I would yeah I would say they're on scholarship too but there they weren't so you can't use that line <laughs> yeah
0: right <laughs> but but it just uh, man we've just gotten so spoiled as a fan base um and yeah there's things we can clean up uh, that obviously I think there's always ways you can grow like even if you're the best you still are going to find a way where where your team can improve and I think that's when you look to the north at NDSU and the what's uh What's Brendan call them? The the furry cows or something like that. Uh, (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, they're constantly preaching year after year of staying humble and staying hungry and, uh, and still working to make yourself better because that's going to make the team better. Uh, so, so, you know, it, uh, it's, it's really cool to have these expectations, right, Kyle? Cause when, when we were in college and when you played, uh, at least from the fan base side of things, I don't think these type of expectations were really there.
1: Oh yeah. The only people who believed we were championship caliber were in the locker room more than likely. And, you know, we liked it that way because we were building something pretty much brand new from mm-hmm. the ground up mm-hmm. and, and kudos to a lot of my teammates, some, some unbelievable players, the Ryan McKnight's of the world, uh, you know, guys like, um, Cole Brody, Corey Jesky, you know, I could go down the list. Isaiah Jackson, who's got a heck of a coaching career that he's developing right now. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of work was put in to get the caliber of the program to where it is now, to where the fans can have these expectations. I think you bring up some excellent points just to kind of bring it home. I think that Coach Eck and the rest of the offensive staff They know kind of – they got a feel for what his floor is. They know kind of – they kind of have a feel for where his ceiling could be. They're going to put him in positions to be successful. Case in point was they're getting the ball on the perimeter quickly with quick pass game, you know, quick drops, not having to make a lot of reads through his progression, you know, using the run to set up the pass – Things like that, they're going to put him in positions to be successful by not asking him to do too much game management, so to speak. But, you know, you you brought up an excellent point that although Jabore did pretty well, maybe he's more confident in his in his arm, and and he definitely make makes quicker reads. He he did make some freshman mistakes. Now the caliber of competition was significantly different.
0: Sure. Yes. Yep. yep.
1: And that was his first start ever. Um, I think that, you know, I trust that the coaches have a better feel and a better beat on who should be under center than, than I do. Um, that said, I'm sure that there was a plan heading into the week with, with Keaton Heidi and, and things of that nature. That said, we got the W we were able to do what we needed to do to get the win. Rely at the end of the day, rely on a run game in your defense. That's championship football right there. Yes, man. sir. Special teams as well. I would like to see, you know, we, we do have a lot of a lot of things we needed to clean up because that, that W felt like a loss. Yep. In 2008, we played Western Illinois at home, and I think we built a 22 nothing halftime lead. Ended up winning the game 25-24, and the locker room was dead silent. You could hear a pin drop, and it felt like we took an L. And those are the games that you learn – far more from because it kind of takes the wind out of your sails, right? Sure. It's humbling. And, uh, you know, I, I know the staff's going to get them right on special teams, defense, offense, you know, across the board. So look forward to a big week coming up. And I just feel bad that Southern Utah is going to be in front yeah. of us. Um, you know, thinking about that, one question, go back to your story
0: there and you said the locker room was silent and stuff. And in th- in those yeah. type of moments when you do get that
1: ugly win, what's Stig like? in those moments. He's somber. Uh, Coach Stick will always go, we did some good things, right? But can we play better? Mm. And it's rhetorical. You know, he always – he's an answer answer-in-your-heart type guy, right? That's just how he is, and it's great because, you know, it doesn't really matter what you say. It matters what you do. And then that humbling experience, it really lights a fire under you because it's like – especially when you have a chip on your shoulder as a competitor, which they've created a culture of unbelievable competition at state. And that's, what's allowed us to up the ante year after year after year. Right. And take it to the semis. And now the eyes on the prize. Right. So I think Bacchus and Roseboom and Manchigaya and Greenway, they're looking at their teammates in the eyes and they're saying, we need to do better. Right. Do our one eleventh. do your job and let's get it done.
0: Good. Hey, you said Manchagaya there, so we got to get that uh, that Barracuda. The Barracuda. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, And so let's move ahead to Southern Utah. And uh, I think a segue to that would be to talk about the injured guys from last week that may be coming back this week. Um, So Coach Stig was at the Southeast Staters luncheon today in Sioux Falls, and it's been reported by a couple folks that were there that he said that Gibbs will play this weekend. Yeah, so that's uh, good news. I know Matt Zimmer was at practice uh, tonight in Brookings, so we'll see if he has any report on that. Um, But that that could be huge if Gibbs plays, just to get some reps before the conference season and to see how that finger is uh, feeling. We'll see. Um, You know, uh, Levi Brown would have been huge last week covering that tight end Levi Brown's our best coverage linebacker and so I mean just with his size and speed he could have been someone that possibly could have neutralized Cates so uh we'll see on that it doesn't sound like there was any new injuries from the week um I don't know if we'll have Griff yet this week or if he's out still another week uh had a chance to talk to uh, Wes Ganant a couple weeks ago and the plan is to still bring him back Uh, for the end of the season and so that could be a potentially a huge piece to add a veteran presence along the offensive line or to have someone as a you know a swing backup kind of he's played every position on the offensive line in his uh, three prior years at SDSU so uh, we'll see on that. Um, Marshawn is coming along he still has this an outside chance of playing later this season which again a veteran cornerback that's played in some big spots to add him to the lineup could be just, uh, you know, a really a real shot of juice at the end of the season.
1: So we'll see there. It's all good news of the year. Yeah, hopefully they're doing what they got to do to get back because we add those pieces. Uh, I like where we're sitting. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move in to talking about Southern Utah a little
0: bit. And Southern Utah, uh, it, 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 they moved up at the same time as us. You played against them. You said right.
1: Yeah, when they were uh, part of the Great West contingent that is no longer, we played against them, um, undefeated against them in my years, played against them again when they were a part of the Big Sky Conference and we were Missouri Valley in 2011, had kind of a thriller. We smacked them around a little bit early and then uh, they uh, made some good adjustments at the half and uh, our defense stepped up late. I I think it was an overtime game and we uh, knocked the ball down late, dirt cool, Senior linebacker and Jack legacy player. Did uh, did a great job stepping up late and got the dub at sure. home. Sure. So in, in Southern Utah, heads uh, made the playoffs a number of times
0: out of the big sky. Uh, last year, though, was a really tough year for them. They only won one game and uh, really disappointing for them. Uh, this year hasn't been a great start. Uh, they're one and two. They're two losses, UNLV and UNI, and they beat Stephen F. Austin, uh, last week Stephen F. Austin's a really bad team right now <laughs> uh, I believe it was like a 53-45 type of score in overtime something like that and it was at Southern Utah I, okay yeah so um really a tough right now tough and it just doesn't feel like the program's obviously where they want to be uh and they're just kind of struggling to kind of figure out who they are it looks like so we'll see uh the, the one thing, you know, they run a really wild offense all over the place. They have two good backs, a number of good receivers. Uh, their quarterback uh, is a, definitely a dual threat. Uh, he can he can sling it pretty good. Uh, he also has the potential to run. He caught a touchdown pass last week. They ran a trick play. So Chris Helbig, number eight, is his name. So he'll be a guy to watch. Uh, he's a JUCO. So, Um. The other the other player you really need to know is they have a little gadget player um, similar to us <laughs> his name is his name yep. is Lance Lawson number 14 he's small he's 57 191 um, but he plays all over the place last week alone he had 13 catches he has 28 on the season uh, he has uh, seven rushing attempts and he's the one that tossed the the touchdown last week yeah, to the quarterback so uh, he's just a guy that they're going to have to keep their eye on. They don't use him in kick and punt returns, which I was surprised to see, because oftentimes you see these gadget players being return men as well. Uh, but they have just they have a ton of receivers with receptions, so they really spread the ball out
1: uh, on offense. Yeah, and with J- Drake doing a lot of shifts, trades, motion looks, I think that's a good test uh, as far as just preparation. Uh, not getting shocked or surprised when you see different things coming at you. Uh, Just trust your technique, adhere to your coaching, and I think we'll be good because personally I I think we clearly have the talent and speed to play with anybody on the field. What we're going to need to do is uh, really shore up our offensive line this week. Uh, We gave up a couple sacks against Drake. Some were scheme-based. Um, some, I, I want to say one was maybe on the quarterback, understanding when pressure comes at you, you're thrown off that throw into the blitz because they're vacating a void in the defense. Yep. So those are things that we need to, to shore up from a, from a quarterback position, but also from an offensive line position. I know they're going to take some pride in that this week because, um, looking at your blog and the information that you put out there, they look like a big group up front. So yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. going to be more like LIU, Minnesota
0: yeah this is a big group uh, and until last week you know they had they had one sack in their first two games which UNLV and UNI, and uh, I who knows what they're all about um, but Stephen F Austin they gave up f- five sacks uh, to this group and I don't know this this group is this group is huge like uh, you know going across the board they play a three three five kind of a mo- mobile defense just kind of like you and I does. Uh, they'll bring that safety down so it looks like a three4 sometimes and you know they it's just it's just a weird defense so again coaches are going to have to prepare for something that uh, that maybe we will only see one other time once they play you and I this year uh, so it's kind of a nice test in that way just to get it figured out what you're going to do against this 3-4
1: 3-3-5 whatever you want to call it yeah i think you run right at it and i think you run over it that's kind of what we historically played some valley teams that did some interesting things like western illinois with their radar Defense. Oh and, yeah. And uh Southern Illinois with kind of like their their 3-4 look with the walked up outside backers on the tight ends, um, running a lot of like crossing stunts and things like that with their linebackers. Um, you know, you just run right at it. You punch it in the mouth, you make sure you continue to establish the run game, you sprinkle in some pass. I think we're gonna do really well. Coach X seems like he's hitting his stride with play calling. You just need to capitalize when it's there. Defensively, uh, I think last week we we had the right stuff dialed in. It just so happened Drake had Cates flexed out to the same side, and we were bringing the cat blitz corner off the edge um, from the boundary side, which is exactly what you do if you're going to bring it. Um, you know, I just I like where we're at. Let's just uh, kind of shore up some things, and and I think we'll be good to go. Yep. So I like uh,
0: you know looking at this game, it it almost feels like a trap game to me, Kyle. Like yeah. And, I, and I've, I've gone back and forth on it since, when, since all week, since I've been thinking about it. And it's a trap in my mind because they know the buy is coming up. They've, they've kind of coasted the last two weeks. They know the buy is coming up, and then they get into Valley play. And everyone's excited for Valley play because that, that's the meat of the schedule, right? Everyone knows that. Uh, but the other flip side is that they haven't played – great the last two weeks they played good enough to blow these teams out but they haven't played great so are the coaches going to get them fired up and motivated now and the players going to do it the captains to say all right it's time to to get this all squared away let's go out and just whoop whoop these guys because we're yeah. that much we're that much better
1: yeah but, you know, so i could see it either way <laughs> yeah definitely i understand the mindset of, of it potentially being a trap game um uh, to your point about motivation coach Stig will be the first person to tell you he's not a big motivator <laughs> like he's, he's going to defer to others like coach rogers and some of the other guys that's that's what makes him a, a really good head coach in my opinion as well is because he knows what he is and he knows what he isn't and i think that great teams police themselves coach tiller used to always tell me that when i was at purdue great teams police themselves not only from a conduct standpoint but from a leadership standpoint from a motivator standpoint like I said earlier, I don't think that they really feel like they've done anything this year in almost against Minnesota, subpar performances um, in terms of incomplete performances against LIU and against Drake, who honestly, we should have beat by 50 both times. And I mean, that's the reality of it. It's not too far off of expectation and reality. So I think what we're going to see here this week, knowing that they played a Valley opponent already in UNI, who we, we've struggled with you know, at different times throughout uh, throughout the, the transition here. I, th- I think they're going to be re- locked, loaded, and ready to go. And then also when you're playing a mythical creature as a mascot, I mean, <laughs> the Thunderbird, um, unless Fonzie's stepping out of a T-Bird car, I mean, <laughs> I think their odds would be better, but I don't know.
0: Sure. What about you? What you sure. Saying? So I, on the blog, I predicted this uh, Jack's 38, Southern Utah 7. So I, I almost predicted a shutout again. I did that last week and got bit, uh, but I, I think thirty-eight-seven. I think the offense does look better. Um, I can even see this going up to like something like fifty-two to seven, potentially. So we'll see.
1: But yet you think it's a trap game? I, so Dang. so like I said, I go. I
0: hope we have more. So trap Kyle, games. I go back and forth though. Like the, <laughs> the other part of me almost predicted like a 24-21 Jacks win you know, where we yeah. really struggle and the fan base is just all angsty and the stadium feels gross and it, you know, it's a bad loss then on their resume. Uh, so I went back and forth, but in the end, I went with that second uh, second mindset that we're going to blow the doors off them, I think. So.
1: Nice. The eternal optimist. That's me. I, yeah, that's me. I like it. I <laughs> dig it. Yeah. You know, I think we're, this is where, where I'd like to start with my prediction. Uh, defense and total defense. I would like to, they're going to be doing some different things. They're going to have a little bit better caliber athlete. I'd like to keep them at or around 200 total offense. Cause I really, I know that's asking a lot, but I still think that we can do that. Even if we're in the 200 to 220 range, we keep them out of the end zone, maybe keep them kicking field goals. That's going to be clutch offensively need to establish uh, our dominance again up front and we need to uh, reach that 300 yard mark again, somewhere whereabouts in that, in that area um, with a three headed monster that is CJ Pierre and Mikey and uh, shout out to Mikey, by the way, for 25 total career rushing TDs cracking uh, Corey Koenig topping him there. Wow. That's a um, cool. teammate of mine as well. Yeah. He's a, all he does is, We've got to come up with a nickname for Mike. I'm going to call him Six God. <laughs> Six God, because he's always in the end zone. All right. I'm going to call him Six We'll see God. You. A little shout out to Drake, too. The kids will love that. There one. we go. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I think I'm going to go with. Got Jabori starting again. I'm going to go with 28.28.13. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I just. I, I want. I would go higher in the point total, but you know i, I think jabor is going to do just fine but i don't know what how his health is um i think southern utah will have kind of a chip on their shoulder got a little bit of momentum coming off of a win so we'll see but they're also worn down see this i don't i overthink it i don't need to i don't need, to <laughs> don't need to do it don't need to do it what'd you
0: say again 2813 2813 all right sounds
1: good sounds
0: good and so one one thing we wanted to do uh to highlight this episode just cuz we knew uh, we wouldn't have as much to talk about this week is uh is talking about the jackrabbit football players association it's something sort of new uh that that's gotten kicked up here in the last year or so and uh being you talked about just a little bit it's, it's kind of being uh championed by ryan mcknight is that correct
1: yeah exactly uh so ryan mcknight was a legendary jackrabbit player in recent years and um, got a shot in the league, and then he's since gone on to do some great things in his professional life. Uh, he's a lawyer, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. He's, yeah, he's um, a
0: lawyer teaching some pre-law classes
1: and economics classes at SDSU. <laughs> McKnight, Naito, he he just dominates whatever he, yeah. he does. He's a blue-collar person and just awesome, awesome dude to be around. So the work that he's done, um, also Alex Parker, I think, is contributing as well with some of the I think maybe he's the treasurer of it. Um, really just trying to get all the alumni and former uh, Jackrabbit football players um, involved and activated as far as donorship. And, but also doing some fun things, golf outings, tailgating, having some exclusive items um, for us to, to give it back to, to the whole squad and, and the extended family there. So yeah, there's some sweet check hats. Check them out on Yeah, exactly. That hats, Yetis. I know golf tournaments. um, I wanted to do one, but I had some family stuff when when I was up in Minnesota. But they're just doing some great things to generate more buzz, kind of build the momentum that we've had since we've transitioned. And also, you know, there's a lot of great staple programs. The team up north has an unbelievable um, Players Association following. And, And a lot of the funds and proceeds go back to the football program, which is phenomenal. So check that out if you're a former alum. You'll also get links set up to the Difference Makers uh, meetings that they have. You'll be able to watch that live stream on Vimeo, which is great. It's just a lot, of, a lot of awesome stuff.
0: Very good. Cool. That's, uh, and that's something that I said, like you said, it has been popped up in the last year or so. And it's been exciting to see a lot of the, the players uh, from our time at State uh, walking around with the hats and, and logo and stuff on their shirts, but also some of the old timers uh, that, that played a long time ago. Uh, wearing their Jack Abbott football players association gear. So that's pretty neat.
1: New and old coming together. And it's just uh, another nod to everything that's been done at every level, administration, coaching staff, fan base, parents, community leaders, TJ Carlson, the chaplain, and people who came before him. We're not here to take part anymore. We're here to take over. And it's only a matter of time. I firmly believe that. Yep.
0: yep. So, all right. Um, for so for this week uh brennan and ben did this last week and i think we need to kyle as well uh where can folks find you on twitter if they want to uh track you on game day and kind of see what you're all about oh boy
1: uh don't judge me too hard but it's just my first name kyle underscore shehan s-h-e-e-h-a-n as in november um at twitter i i ramble and i run on and on and on so just uh Swim at your own risk. <laughs> nah, he's good. Uh,
0: and then mine is at Jack Illustrated. Just pretty simple like that at Jack Illustrated. Uh, so if you're listening to this, you probably do follow the Twitter or you like the Facebook page. Um, so thank you for your patience this week as we kind of do a later episode, usually we record on Sunday nights and get it out on Monday. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy week personally for me. Uh, my son turned four. And uh, we're, we're hopefully getting our house sold. So we've been doing some changes and updates on that. And so that's been uh, a project. So thank you for your patience with the podcast as we get it out a little later this week than normal. And thank you for listening. Please share, subscribe, uh, review it, whatever it is. Um, get it out there. Share it with your friends. We'd love to keep growing this thing. So uh, Kyle, any last words?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, we'll excuse the uh, tardiness this time, Matt, but that's your one pass. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. Hopefully the little man had a good time. Jackrabbit Nation will all send positive vibes out to you for your house. And um, we got some things coming up on the horizon. If you guys go like, subscribe, share whatever the kids do these days with uh, content on the interweb. Um, we got some marketing things we're going to do as far as um, donating some some items and some giveaways that are splitting hairs, aka Jackrabbit Illustrated branded. So that'll be kind of cool coming on the horizon. Maybe do a little raffle here. So we're gonna put our heads together, come up with that. But just keep listening and keep uh, wearing blue and yellow and and cheering loud. All right, go Jacks, run rabbits. <laughs>